This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Back in the Nest Match Report. I'm your host, Mike, and with me are Hambo and Patrick, and we're here to look back at the three points hard-earned against the struggling Wolves side, along with talking about the closure of the January transfer window, going over some listener feedback and having a quick nod towards the Newcastle game. Join us to talk all things Palace after this. The Match Report. Sponsored by Pitch Sport, available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com Yes, hello to you, lovely listener. Hello to you, Hambo. Hello, it's just the one listener, is it? Well, fingers crossed. I'm giving it the personal touch today. Okay. Hello to you, Patrick in snow in America. Hello, everybody, how are you? Well, and hello to Piston Head Hazy Lager. Um, so, so yeah, at, at the time of recording, it's transfer deadline day, um, and we usually do a long old live show. I say we, it's, it's, it's usually um, Hambo and, and, and Nick struggling through hours and hours of discussion when nothing's happening. But um, no one's expecting too much activity this time around. Um, plus, none of us really needed that on a Monday night. Uh, so we're going to talk about the window, um, talking about getting up to the dizzy heights of 26 points. Um, talk about Newcastle. And, and first, we're going to recap on what's gone on this week in Palace News. Big talking point came out um, on deadline day. Quite a extension until June 2023. Now, um, Hambo, I'm, I'm going to um, play devil's advocate here and ask, do you think it's a, more than a coincidence that it's Transfer deadline day. Yesterday, there was rumours about Real Sociedad. We haven't made any signings and suddenly Guaita has ex- made an extension today. I mean, look, I mean, Clinton Morrison said it earlier on uh, in the day that we, you know, he could have, could have told us, told people about that weeks ago. We've been talking about it and we talked about it on the watch along um, in, in the last game. Um, about the fact that, you know, it was, you know, is he going to go? No, because <laughs> he signed a deal ages ago and it's kind of, Palace have stopped announcing these things, but you know, I don't. I don't think it takes a genius to work out why it was announced today. And you, you've hinted that at that in what you said. It was 
you know, it's not going to be anything of a, in terms of a deadline day for us. You know, I, I think, you know, but barring some late craziness where a, a player might move out and we have to get someone in rapidly, but we're just not set up to do that. So I can't see that happening. So as far as I'm concerned, we knew deadline day was a, was a dud in terms of getting anybody in and managing expectations. Well, what do we do? Let's announce uh, Guaya to sign a contract extension three months ago. Um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, it's great that, that Klein signed an extension as well. Um, talk about a couple of outs quickly. Sam Woods um, out to League One Plymouth for the rest of the season. Um, they're in 13th at the moment. They've shipped 41 goals in 25 games. Um, but he's looking on the bright side. I'll just read you quickly what he said from the Palace website. I'm really excited to be going on loan to Plymouth. It's a great club. I'm looking forward to getting some experience under my belt and to continue my development there. Hopefully, I can help the team push towards the playoffs at the end of the season. Uh, and then Palace just pointed out there's a quite a long link between the two clubs, um, Punch and Mark Edworthy, Balassi, and then uh, most recently, I totally forgot about that, Freddie Ladapo, um, having played for both sides as well. And uh, quickly before I get... Uh, Patrick, to talk about the under-23s result against Norwich. I just want to make a personal personal note about uh, Jack going out on loan again. Yaroslav Jack. Um, I, I mean, he did actually, he would have been on loan anyway. He, he cut his loan spell short with uh, with old, I, well, I can't pronounce that team and I certainly can't pronounce the team he's gone to, but he's gone to a Polish side for the rest of the season. Um, he played for 27 times for the Rakow team that he was at. Um for Rakow 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 just cover yeah just oh, cover. Sure, sure, sure you've nailed it um, so yeah I mean I've, I've got a soft spot for no particular reason other than that one game he played um, Yak we hardly knew you uh, so let's let's talk about the under 23s against Norwich absolutely destroyed them Patrick yeah uh, good good game um, you know we sent off I think we sent out maybe five now players from that side Kirby um, Woods, um, help me up, Hambo. About three other players went out. <laughs> Street, Street. Um, uh, one of the keepers is out, isn't he? Rowan Luffer is out. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, maybe Ollie Weber's out as well. And there's, there's others out, I think. Right. So you know, it's it's a much younger team. Um, watching the game, Bright pointed out there weren't going to be any first teamers. Obviously, could be played Saturday. We're playing again tomorrow. But they put out a good, um, a really good showing. Um, the new, oh, um, of course, uh, Banks is out, obviously, to Dunfermline, yep. which is the key because he's the captain. And uh, Sean Spence now has taken over the captaincy. Midfielder we just signed from, a, he's a Welsh lad, about 20-something years old. I like him a lot. He um, Good movement. Um, scored a beautiful uh, goal for his hat-trick, a, a great volley that came in from the left-hand side. Um, a good leader. I like the way he kind of, I like the way he patrols the midfield. Um, they've got this kid on the right side, Hale, very, very quick uh, winger. It was good to see him play. And towards the end, uh, uh, John Kamani Gordon had a, a nice fourth guy. He's been out for a while. I'm a big fan of his, actually, and he's been injured for a while. So he stepped up and scored a nice goal today. And then um, they brought on a couple of the under-18s who beat Arsenal 3-2 on Saturday, came on late. Akinwali came on and uh, uh, was it, I can't say his name. Raksuki or right, something? that's the one. Yeah, I was listening to Mark Bright trying to pronounce that. I've never called him JK for short or something like that. I'm not sure what his nickname is, but Jashawn. Jashawn's his first name, yeah. But a, a, a really good, um, a, a really good showing by them. And, and something I kind of noted, which frustrated me, but made me happy at the same time. Apparently now, where they built this new pitch, they've got a little um overhang where the first team can watch the matches. So they pointed out the Hudson's watching the first team, which was great. 
But we all know what's the point in watching kids. Now he's never going to put in the first team anyway, even on the bench. That kind of made me happy that, oh, great, they can they get to showcase them. But again, having our manager doesn't want to put anybody in the first team on the bench uh, anyway from the under 23s. But again, it was a good result. I thought they played really well. Uh, it's a good start to the to new year. I think that's the first game for the new year. And, that, you know, good for them. It was a good game. Yeah, I, I just just to, to add to that, there's a couple of things that sort of sprung sprung to mind. I think one was that um, Bright mentioned Pierre's probably going out on loan. It seems yep. like he might be going out to the yep. Scottish Scottish Premier League. Uh, the other one we did sort of gloss gloss over Sam Woods going out, and a lot of people saying that's just shop window twenty two. He's not going to make it. Blah 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 blah. That might be the case, but um, but good to see him getting some football. But yeah, that that third goal from Spence, he's a really interesting player because he plays in the in the sort of ten position, doesn't he? he kind of. I've seen him up up alongside a striker. I've seen him in, seen him in central midfield, right. and him along with with Hale as well. We signed as kind of just to bring like players who who had played at that level um, in terms of you know uh, uh, Cat One Academy level previously, right. just to add a little bit of and Alfie Matthews numbers. too. Also, yeah, Arsenal, exactly, yeah. exactly. So the, and they look they look really good. They show that shows that they've played at that level. And, and yeah, Spence today that third goal. If, if you you know, probably check out Palace Twitter and all that stuff because it's a it's a stunning volley. It's a great ball in from the, from the side, and he just hits it first time. Absolute beauty, and to get a hat trick was superb. And can I just one one very quick mention as well to the under 18s top of the league again? Yeah, beat Arsenal, beat Arsenal three two. Stunning goals in that game. Played some really really good football against a you know understandably a very good football inside, and the chap whose name we need to work on. Raksuk, whatever. Um, he has more than a little bit of the, the Zahars about him, especially the way he scored his first goal, sort yeah. of chopping inside and out the defender, turned him this way and that, and, and smashed it in. But look, a talented bunch. Yeah, uh, so I just want to point out one other thing. Um, you know, I get frustrated a lot about our lack of using young players, but that eight under eighteen side is extremely exciting to look at. A lot of Paddy's done with them, and again, the fact that. They're not only playing for the 18s. A lot of them starting to step up to the 23s now with a lot of players going out. It bodes really well. The only issue, obviously, is our manager. But, um, you know, if they get a chance to play in three, four years and we're still in the Premier League, I'm really looking forward to our development going forward. Absolutely. And, you know, there's plenty of time they're going to be uh, professionals after Hodgson is no longer a manager, I'm sure. Um, the women's team, the, the Leicester game, um, the league game, after they knocked, knocked us out of the Conti Cup, uh, was postponed not because of Corona, um, but because of a dodgy pitch. Um, so the next game is Sunday the 7th against Blackburn. Um, and just on the mention of Corona, anyone that's listening that um, is affected in the areas in Croydon um, that apparently have the South African variant and are going to be tested, um, we are thinking of you. One last mention in uh, Palace News this week. Max Mayer made his debut at Cologne um, and almost scored in a, I think it was a 3-1 victory. Uh, and the Cologne English uh, Twitter account tweeted out, 90 plus minutes, we're not sure how long is left, but a good block from Armenia denies Max Mayer. That would have been some start. Yes, it would. Um, what we don't need is for Max Mayer to be doing a surlot in Turkey. We don't need him to be becoming some incredible player in the Bundesliga. So, um, luckily, someone stopped him scoring. Oh, am I being bitter there, gentlemen? Am I being bitter? Slightly, slightly bitter, but understandable. Good. 
Right, let's go to uh, transfer news. So at the time of recording, it is transfer deadline day. Uh, the transfer deadline isn't the weird five o'clock that it has been in the past. It's it's 11 and um, we are not recording at 11. Um, so it's still open. So there's a chance of things happening, but... Um, None of us really palace. think, yeah. None of us really <laughs> think that there is. There was a rumor earlier which seems ridiculous, and it came from some of the less reputable uh, corners of the media, saying that we'd put in an offer of Benteke and ten million for two fan. Um, and in yeah, the show notes, <laughs> yeah, in the show notes, just the note probably bollocks. Um, yeah, so I mean, Mateta has been. With Palace for for a few days now, a couple of weeks. I mean, is, is there anything left to say on that other than really would like him to start or get a, well, some game time? Well, it's the game time thing, isn't it? You know, we're we're, we're drifting into talking about the match, and it's a match we won, and we'll get into. We can hold up if you want. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just going to say, you know, it's it's a good progressive signing, um, but it was just shame not to to give him some minutes when we we probably had an, an opportunity to do so. Um, and hard to understand why we didn't. But I guess, I suppose in some ways, you know, we might, we might be looking at the fact there's an obligation after a certain number of games. So maybe maybe we won't chuck him in for minutes here and there if it starts ticking that clock down and we want to we want to extend that rift. But you know, it's the it's the thing it's the thing we got excitement about, and that's about it, Patrick. Yeah, funny you said that because I don't know. Don't ask me why. I actually watched Hodgson's um, pre-match for the game tomorrow. And he said he might be starting tomorrow. So I don't know what that even means. But he claimed Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I I turned it off when he said that because I didn't want to get upset anymore. (laughs) Well, conscious of the fact there'll be people listening to this after the Newcastle game, um, let's not sound sound ridiculous. Um, (laughs) And we'll just stay on the fence and say he might be playing. Um, Other other links, um, PVA's been linked with Arsenal. which is which is a, a, an odd one. Um, Roy commented, "He's good enough for Arsenal, but he's good enough for lots of teams, and he's our player." Sorry, oh, Patrick might, I'm uh, sorry. Might enjoy that. I'm Can sorry. I just say, I, I I put that quote in. It is paraphrasing. It's basically what he said. He used a lots of lots of those words. He was asked, you know, was was Patrick Van Arnhout leaving? And he said, "Not you know, not to my knowledge." And obviously, they're. You know, he said he'd be very surprised if it happened, but you know, he was talking about, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'd do well at Arsenal. He's good enough for Arsenal. He's, but lots of teams would think that about him. But you know, I know Patrick doesn't agree, and uh, I dare say we'll be talking about PVA in the match review. But um, it just—it's one of those things, isn't it? He's, he's, out, he's out of contract soon. Usually, there is some degree of at least interest or scouting involved when a player gets linked. But sometimes it's just agents linking players to for, with moves. And to negotiate contracts, but there's no. You'd really expect him to be in in, in a team with um, with three centre backs, wouldn't you, for, to get the most out of him? Um, and plus the fact Arsenal have just palmed off Mustafi, and Socrates is out of uh, out of a deal. Um, imagine a, a four with PVA and David Luiz. Um, you, you'd, you'd fancy your chances of getting behind them, definitely. I, um, I am imagining it and enjoying it, but <laughs> I don't think it will happen. <laughs> but you know what? No, uh, I actually think he actually would do well there. They've got like the third best defence in I the agree. league right now. And I'm telling you, a team like that, when he's not going to be exposed as much, and that sounds kind of weird, but Arteta's done a great job uh, with their defence. I think he'd do well there because he'd have more freedom. He looks so bad for us 90% of the time, but because he doesn't want to think about playing defensively, but if you put him behind Tierney, he does you do well, which will really get me upset, so I don't want him to leave now. 
Yeah, and, and it's the, it's the same problem. And we don't want to get into an Arsenal pod here, but um, you know, if they if they was to strengthen their um, their central midfield, then then PVA could do it's, incredibly. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's not. It, 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 that's going to be something for the summer now. Um, and then uh, Hambo, I assume you just wanted to discuss the fact we lost out um, on Damari Gray to, to Leverkusen. Yeah. yeah, again, I, I mean, I put I put lost out. You only lose out on players if you if you're definitely in from them. And all I can really say is, you know, there were there were strong strong rumours, if you want to call them that. I guess probably slightly more than rumours that. Well, it's a couple of windows, he, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, well, he's always he's always one of those we've we've scouted, and we we were interested in right back in his uh, his Birmingham days, and and he went to Leicester. But we've maintained an interest, and it's the kind of deal that you know Palace really were looking for. A younger player who can play in whichever system that we actually select. You know, he's quite a versatile player; can play centrally and out wide. So, um, and, and the idea of being able to get him on a on a cheap deal because you know his contract's about to run out would definitely be something that that Palace were interested in. But you know, whether you believe we we didn't push for it or whether you believe he wasn't interested in a move and, and decided to go to Leverkusen instead, but I think a lot of younger players are, are looking at Germany as a place that they can go. To get some, you know, proper game time at a, at a very decent level. So, um, for whatever reason, whether we tried and we failed, or whether we decided not to try in the end, um, I'm, I'm not sure. But to me, it feels like we have missed out a little bit there. I think he's a very, very good player and would have would have ended up being, you know, very much a Palace type of player and an exciting attacking player. But you know, as soon as I say that, I start to think about how would he actually fit in anyway. So. It is what it is, but but definitely one we were looking at and and, and haven't and haven't made to uh, haven't managed to get over the the line, so to speak. I'd love to see him at Palace, but but there we go. You can't have everything. Okay, could I ask for some uh, central music, please, producer Sam? Because we're about to get uh, about to get sexy here at back of the nest. That's it. If we had some Barry White, that would be excellent, but this will do. Valentine's Day is nearly upon us. You've got to make sure you're ready for whatever the night will, will do for you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already using Manscaped. They're using their products to groom and make sure you're one of them. If your if your uh, if your other half can't think of what to get you this year, tell her there's a perfect gift available. It's the uh, it's the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice, people. And the Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third generation lawn mower 3.0 trimmer. We've talked about it already. We've talked about how great it's made us feel, how how good it's been for our self-esteem, how much Hambo has managed to uh, shave off his weight by removing hair that he uh, didn't even know he had. It uses advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. We've all had those grooming accidents. We've all used our other half's razors and it hurts. It's waterproof. It prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink. And it's especially useful when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. Euphemism. 
definitely noted. So let's be real, we've smelled the worst down there before, that's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and their Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling and sticking. And these products smell good, they're manly sense attractive and they'll help set the mood if you know what I mean. The perfect, the perfect package 3.0 comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers and uh, Hambo said that they're the, the most comfortable boxers he's ever used. He said his friends have started buying them in bulk um, using the back of the nest codes to get 20% off on the Manscaped website, of course. But um, he said he's actually persuaded his friends to uh, move from their normal boxers to these. They're beautiful. And the one last thing we're going to talk about is the refined cologne that Manscaped are doing right now. They sent me a bottle. It's beautiful. I've gone from my usual aftershave. I'm not going to give it away because uh, other aftershaves are available. I've ditched it in favour of this because it's beautiful. They sent bottles to all of us and without fail, I think we've, we've all started using it. Um, and just going to go to producer Sam here to say she, she gave a bottle to her other half and what do you think about it, Sam? I did. I would say it's definitely woman approved. There you go. Man approved, woman approved, everyone approved. So complete your grooming game by using Manscaped products. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BOTN at checkout. You'll get 20% off and free shipping on the Perfect Package 3.0 or anything you buy on there. Thank you to everyone that's already used the code. It's done wonders and that's why Manscaped continue to continue to sponsor the pod. That's enough Valentine's Day talk for now. That's enough love for now. Let's get back to Palace. So, the Wolves game. You hate me starting with the words, so, don't you? I'm sorry. You're probably, that probably grates on your hand. But, yeah, um, man. It's uh, just, uh, just one of those modern things that, uh, that people do, isn't it? I, I do as well. I can't I can't have a go at you too much, but I will sit here on mute cursing your very existence. Yeah, I could, I could picture it now. The Wolves game, odd, odd, odd formation, but um, a, a fairly predictable. Um, well, in in the in the most part, a fairly predictable eleven. So Guaita, Klein, Kuate, Dan Van Arnholt, McCarthy raised a few eyebrows next to Milivojevic, Ayu Eze, Zahar, Batshuayi. Uh, before we get onto the formation, which is the major talking point, uh, the back four. So the central pairing. It had to change, did it? Did it not? I mean, uh, Kuate, you, you discussed. Oh, I th- no, I think it was Terence that discussed in the uh, in the previous show that Kuate and Cahill um, don't tend to work that great together. Um, so Dan and Kuate, who seem to complement each other a lot better, um, thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, sorry. Um, well. I've been a big fan of Kiate, but I'm, I'm starting to think more and more that we need to get a couple of other healthier center halves, in particular Tompkins. Um, Dan's having a hard time just basically turning <laughs> uh, as a central defender. So, but there, he, he had to make the change. There was, you know, there's injuries. I would have actually, I would have thought he would might have tried Kelly, but now I'm thinking about the way that Roy thinks. Roy doesn't really do anything out of the out of the norm. So, those two, um, I thought they played okay. 
um, together. Obviously, we've got the clean sheet. But um, I mean, I think going forward, the idea would be to have Tompkins back there with another, as long as his name's not uh, Gary Cahill. Well, was, was Kelly 100% fit? He was on the bench. So I, I don't, yeah. he hasn't played all season. So I guess he's going to no, need some. No. I guess he, I think he definitely played in another 23 game, if I, if I can recall. I believe earlier, but I have, he's not played a first team match. So from that standpoint, he's definitely not fit enough to play. You couldn't put him, throw him in against Wolves. But again, I just think that at some point you're going to have to consider Kelly as a centre half option because you. Could, I don't know how much longer you can go with Kiate, and uh, you know he's had like about I think four different partners already this season. Well, it's a shame he went out of the cup at the first time of asking, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, Hambo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, look, I mean, there's, there's no doubt whatsoever that, that Cahill coming back from injury looks half the player he was before it. Um, and and a, a part of me thinks that's generous. It's, he's just fallen off a cliff in terms of ability. And, you know, that's that's a worry. That really is. And, and sometimes that happens for players when they're hitting, you know, 34, 35. And, and you know, it, c- it can almost be overnight sometimes that they, that they lose it. And we've seen people like Dan look like they've lost it and get it back. But... You know, again, the more that happens, the the less you're inclined to to have faith in them. So, you know, Kuyate, I don't really have too much of a problem with at centre back, and I, I think Dan and Kuyate is the most common partnership that we've we've put out there, and it was a clean sheet. It, you know, it it worked today. We didn't see any dramatically bad defending. They seem to be relatively in tune with what they're doing. They didn't headbutt each other like uh, Kuyate and Kuyo did in the previous game. So, you know, I think it made sense. But for me, in defence, obviously the two fullbacks changed. You know, Ward Ward was dropped for Klein, which I think, you know, was the right thing to do. To me, Klein is a is a better performing right back and, and always will be, really. Um, no disrespect to Joel Ward, but I think Klein's the better player. But obviously, PVA came in for, for Mitchell. And, and in fairness to PVA, we had one of his better games defensively. Um, you know, but... But it, I don't really see that, that Mitchell was the guy who needed to miss out there. And we kind of speculated about why it would be. But in terms of a bat four, you know, I, I was comfortable with it other than the fact that, you know, the inclusion of, of Van Arnholt made me a little bit, well, it made me laugh a bit and it made me confused a bit, <laughs> frankly. Uh, yeah. Um, going back to the Coyote thing, I, I'm thinking more and more that had we not had the issues in centre half, would he be the missing link in that midfield? Because you think that... He and Luca played really well together, I thought, anyway, last season. And he hasn't played there at all this season. I think Bob, there was one match when you put him back then. It wasn't a great, it wasn't, it didn't end up great. But I'm thinking that maybe if Kiata was there, I mean, I obviously want Jairo to play next to whoever in the midfield, which is not going to happen because clearly Roy doesn't, I don't know if he rates him, trusts him, whatever the words are. But but maybe if Kiata was in the midfield, maybe we'd be stronger there. But the problem is we just have a real issue at centre half. And, and going back to the fullbacks, Hambo, you're right about the PVA thing. I mean, you know, I've laughed through many a watch-along about how he's played and, and people wanted me to give him credit for Saturday. And I will give him credit because he did play half-decently, you know, quote-unquote well. But I don't care how well he plays. I think Mitchell's a much better fullback and should be playing more. Now, unless there's a, there was an issue with a niggling injury, though he should have played uh, on Saturday. I just think Roy just has this, I wouldn't call it a favourite thing, but I just think he has, a, he has just like these, you know, uh, he prefers certain players like a Schlupp, for instance, that he play, you know, whenever, and and MacArthur, for instance. And I just think that some players should play based most on merit. And I just think it's frustrating to see a young player like uh, Tyreek Mitchell or a younger player like Jairo Uyuh not get a chance to play because we're Roy won't pick him. So hopefully at some point that changes. But again, uh, it was it was a, from Saturday's standpoint, it was, a good, it was getting a clean sheet was an important thing, and we got that. So that's the most important thing. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see if Mitchell is playing against Newcastle, I suppose. Um, the, the major talking point, the formation. So Keith Powell wrote in to say, uh, our formation, will it change on Tuesday? Hamba, I'm going to hand over to you here because you yeah. had some uh, some diamond insight. Well, thank thank you for preempting my diamond insight. But I, I, let me let me start with saying that after the game, I was really sort of thinking about it, and, and like I know Patrick does as well, I watched the whole thing again, trying to trying to get some analysis in my head so this podcast would be worthwhile, and we wouldn't just be you know saying various different platitudes and talking about how wasn't it great we won. I wanted to actually try and get into some analysis. So I was really looking at it and trying to, what can I pick out here? Because we get we get comments about people saying, you know, you're being too negative. The manager's doing a good job getting this number of points with this squad. And, you know, we go backwards and forwards on whether I believe that that's the case and that he's getting the best out of the squad because I don't and I'm fed up with him. And that doesn't change just because we won a game. But I thought, okay, well, let me, let me look at this. We went out against Wolves and we came out with a, a totally different formation. Now, bearing in mind, we played them twice this season already. And they knew exactly how we we're going to play, and they and they took us apart, and they celebrated it as a as a coaching staff when they scored. That you could tell that they they picked out how to beat us, they put it into action, and they loved it, and they did it twice. You know, so the fact that we went out with a different formation, Wolves clearly didn't anticipate that. So for the first forty five minutes, they were trying to adjust on the pitch, and I thought, hold on a second, if that's we changed formation straight up after after half time, right? We went straight back to four four two. I know a few people thought it was when Triore came on, but it definitely Terrence. wasn't. You know, Patrick and I. Sorry. Yeah, it was Terence. Yeah, but we, you know, we saw it from from the first moment of the of the of the half. We went straight back to four four two, and I thought, hold on, that's genius <laughs> because if you you, su- you surprise them in the first half, right? And then, then they adjust at half time, and you go back to how you were going to play before, and they don't. Then you've basically got a full match where they're playing against the wrong formation. Perfect, well done. And I was going to, all set to go. Brilliant, well done, Roy. That is actual creative thinking. I'm going to shut my mouth and applaud that. And, and if you can take that forward, I'm going to be so so happy. I, I, might I just want to interject there and say I thought exactly the same, <laughs> and to the point where I was thinking this is this is proper old school Roy yeah. this is Roy when we beat Stoke after going 1-0 yeah. down this is tactical genius and this is going to be the most satisfying victory of the season carry <laughs> on Hambo well exactly and we did get proper old school Roy in the sense that he said when when uh, Matt Boysen, Boysen, uh, of The Athletic asked him whether he felt the formation change made a difference or whether it was individual players um Roy said, I don't think it was due to the formation at all. It was due to individual performances. Um, and he'd already said, apparently, that it was a viable system and we can get it to work. And I thought we were probably better when we went back to what we've been doing. So already he's rubbishing the, the system <laughs> that actually worked really well, other than we didn't create quite enough. And we'll get back to the why we didn't quite create enough in a moment. But then apparently he said, uh, in terms of changing formation, it's not something which I wouldn't try try to try to do again because it has possibilities that way of playing. But we probably needed a bit more time to work on it than this occasion. So he's he's contradicted himself between two questions, and he's basically said that the formation didn't benefit us. We were much better when we went back to four four two. And I mean, first and foremost, we weren't. <laughs> that is that's just a fact. We scored when we went back to four four two, but my. God, the difference, right? The difference in the second half was that McCarthy got injured. You know, 
and we put on a midfielder yep. who could put his foot on the ball and play properly. That was the difference in the second half. Wolves were Wolves had so much more of the ball and looked much more dangerous in the second half than they did in the first. In the first, we dominated possession. We didn't quite create enough. Yes, I get there's a balance there, but you can see he is unhappy with Crystal Palace being a possession-based team that try and dominate and force their force their methods onto other teams. He is much happier being a team that shows up negates the opposition and tries to rely on attacking players to score a goal. That's how he wants to play football. It's not about the squad. We used to give him excuses. Oh, that's that's just the way he plays because of the players he's got. No, he hates it. Look at it. Look at his comments. So he's completely undone anything that I can possibly do to praise him. And I really wanted to. I promise you, I really wanted to talk about that that creativity, that shifting it up, that changing at halftime. Unless All those things. he's second-guessing opposition by pretending oh. he didn't know he was doing <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Hilarious. So funny. So, well, yes, that, that is an absolute possibility. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it it bothered me. It took it took sign off it. And it, it tried, I, I tried hard to not let that bother me when you sent that over and I read it. Um, but... What it showed was that four four two and his his preferred formation can work if you catch somebody with it when they don't expect it. When they do expect it, obviously it's less good. Um, and and like you say, in the second half, Guaita pulled out two absolutely world class saves. I mean, the the save down when he basically pulled the ball off the line down by his left hand side was phenomenal. Absolutely incredible save. And without that, well, I think we would at least probably lost two points, if not all three. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is that that's really frustrating is that, you know, I was going to watch along with, uh, with uh, Hambo and DR talking about it. And formation for the most part was different. But the one thing I noticed that, and then he contradicted himself, was that how he tried to play Eze. He said he wanted Eze to play more central which is why he went to the 4 2 one All right, that's fine. And then in the second half, he says, if you notice, Eze again was more central. But the funny thing, in the first half, Eze was pretty anonymous. And in fact, for the whole match, I mean, I, I love him a lot. He didn't do much. The goal was fantastic. But changing back to 4 4 2 it, it didn't even allow Eze to, to flourish, which I think was what you're trying to do. And, I, and my point on during the watch long was that the 4 4 2 allows our best player, Wilf, to be more um, dominant because... He's got that ability to be one-on-one as opposed to be one-on-three or whatever he's, but he's out wide. So I don't know if he said that comment because he felt like it didn't help Will for he just really said it because he really believes that the 4 4 is the only way to go and he's not going to change. I don't care what you idiots think. We're not going to change and that's how we're going to play. It's just so frustrating. It really is because formations and mindsets can really can, can mean a lot. Maybe the mindset the players had was was better for the first half. We don't know how negative he can send, about, send us out in the first place. But the fact that he doesn't think the formation did anything at all is very, very scary. And it just reinforced the fact that he's got to be gone for me as soon as possible. Yeah, well, on that subject, let's get to the um, the, the, the front, well, front four. Uh, so Mark Drew's written in, good performance, still room for improvement. And he said, I think PVA and Klein had good games in the formation. Ben Teke might not play for us again. That's why then. So what, what was the tactic there, Hambo? Well, I think... If you look at uh, Benteke lead, leading the line, I think you know he's been really effective 
well, I say really effective. I'm probably I'm probably going a little over the top there, but he has been effective up alongside Wilf in a four four two, even if we will refuse to cross it for him. But I think the switch to to a to a lone front man, Benteke probably and certainly in Roy's view, doesn't do the running that's necessary. And I think that that's why you saw Ayu come in as well. I think because with Ayu with Ayu given given the legs and and you know Batshuayi getting his first goal of the season that wasn't offside. I think Roy just kind of fancied that that would be the, the most effective way to take advantage of the chances. Because you think if he's if he's gone out and he's, he's shifted to the four two three one, he knows that the impact of that is will be more solid defensively, but will create fewer chances. So if you're going to create something, you need someone up top who puts chances away. And Batshuayi is probably the you know the most likely to put a chance away of of the kind of out and out strikers that we have. The irony being, he did get the one chance of the first half and managed to shoot directly up into the air somehow, um, which is a phenomenal skill if you can do it. But you know that that's my logic for how for why that decision was made. You know, Batshuayi is not a focal point, but but just because we had a a four five one with a, with a single front man, we weren't playing with him as a focal point. We were allowing some quite fluid movement across that front four. So to, to me, that's what the experiment was. Probably didn't quite work. Didn't really get the best out of Batshuayi. Certainly didn't get the best out of Wilf. Didn't really get Ayu in any attacking positions. And, and, and as Patrick said, Eze was a little bit in and out of the game as well. So arguably that the attacking part of the system failed. But, you know, we definitely look more solid. Well, let me ask Patrick this. Um, I mean, how effective was Wilf in a free? And what would be the reason to stop Wilf, who scored double figures of goals this season, being the one up front, in front of, um, you know, IU Townsend's Eze, yeah. for yeah. example. Um, Mike, you spot, spot on. That's exactly what I would have done. I'd, I'd rather have Wilf up there instead of um, uh, Batshuayi. Uh, the reason why Wilf was negated in that four-two-three-one, I think, again, I go back, is, is my point, is that he's playing out wide. And again, he's made the point and, and others made the point that when he's playing up front and is able to kind of roam and he's he's when he, he's he's facing goal a lot more and he's got, when he looks up, he's only got one defender in front of him, if, if that. So the four-two-three-one negates that. So I think you're absolutely right. If you were to put Townsend out there and then um, with uh, Ayu, who work, whose work rate, by the way, was, was phenomenal on Saturday, which is the thing that he hasn't done as much of why he played. I thought he played really well on Saturday. You put him out on, on the other, other side with Eze behind Wilf, and I think Wilf and Eze already link up very well. I think Eze would have got more involved. And I think one thing that hurt us, I thought, from the linking up standpoint, I was, and I spoke about it on a watch on game with, with Hamba, was that a lot of the balls that Luca and McCarthy got was, were, were sprayed more out wide, but not and not towards Eze. I thought they should look for Eze more to get him linked up. They looked a lot, I thought, to, to Ayu and, and Wilf immediately when they got the ball on long diagonals as opposed to looking to, to Eze. And that might have been a tactical thing where Roy had mentioned that to them, but I would have thought to get Eze more involved in the game. It never changed until the 4-4-2 came about second half when you saw Eze and Ayu link up for the goal. It should have happened earlier. So, again, I would definitely go with that. But there's absolutely no chance with Batshuayi, Benteke, and Mateta as options going to go with Wilf as the lone front man. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, true. Well, you, you mentioned midfield there, so let's talk about McCarthy over Gyro. eBay wrote in and said, uh, great to get three points, great to have a change in formation against the team who generally overpowers in midfield. So that's some positives. Yes, positivity, Ebo, excellent. Uh, but yet again, Gyro comes on and makes us better. Why isn't he starting? Well, let's just, just get the pecking order here. So McCarthy's injured, 
So Roy doesn't choose Gyro then. He chooses McCarthy. Um, and then Gyro comes on at halftime, not for a change because of the formation or anything like that, but because McCarthy's injured. So, um, yeah, I mean, Hambo, well, talk us through that mentality. Well, think about the pecking order as well when you go back to the Man City game where we played three in midfield and Gyro didn't start as well. You know, it, it's clearly... He's done apps. There's no, there's nothing in any performance that I've ever seen of Jaro Riedeveld in midfield, let alone since Roy's actually started using him here and there on, on a relatively regular basis. But there's nothing in there that says he's the player that should be dropping out. You know, when we've had poor games and he's played, he's not been the poorest midfielder. When we've had good games, he's been the best player on the pitch at times. So there, to me, it, it's one of the big red flags at, at Hodgson. As to as to his decision making, because again we're talking about something here where you, we we've won a football match and you want to give credit for the way we went about and did it, but the truth of the matter is that when James MacArthur was injured, Roy Hodgson had a choice. That choice was to play James McCarthy and not play Jairo Riedeveld, and we all of us saw you cannot argue that that James McCarthy played better in forty five minutes than Jairo Riedeval played in 45 minutes. And you can't look at any game throughout the course of the season and say James McCarthy deserves to start over Jairo Riedeval. And this is not an attack on McCarthy, but it is an, it is an attack on the decision-making of, of Roy Hodgson. And I'm sure he's got some justification of it. And, you know, how he, he knows damn sight more about football than I do. But as a Palace fan watching games, I don't get it. Jairo makes us better. He's the sort of player that other players appreciate. He, he so rarely gives the ball away. He's always comfortable. He always picks the right pass. I mean, Terence was talking about it in preview. His passing stats are ridiculous. To have somebody that you can just give the ball to and you know he's not going to lose it, you know he's going to make the right choice, it takes so much pressure off a team. So can't see why he does it. So you can't give any credit for the fact that Gyro came on and changed the game in a 4-4-2 when the, the change would not have happened. But for injury, if anything, we we lost that game in spite of a bad choice. Than yeah, because of it. yeah, but funny you say that. But then I go back to what you said originally about how all Roy really cares about is being defensively solid. And if you and I watched the game again, and in that first half, how many times did McCarthy cover for PVA bombing forward? There were about four times I can pick out when he he you see him running back to cover. There was one time when we even said, you know, where's PVA? And actually PVA was behind him. But he's going to the left side to cover for him. So I think that Roy did that because he felt like he set out, he told PVA, and I think he probably told Klein too, I want you guys to get forward because, you know, we've got the two holding midfielders in the center. But if you do go too far forward, I want to make sure, I want McCarthy, I want to make sure you cover for him and that will make us more solid, at least, you know, for that, whatever amount of time he's on the field for. So I think that that was a mindset that he set the team up for when he went out. And I think it's a mindset I don't agree with. I'd much rather have Gyro. But I think that looking back and watching it again, it was definitely a, a thought in mind that McCarthy would cover for the PVA whenever he went forward. You're 100% correct. We picked that out so many times, didn't we, on the on the watch along as well, that McCarthy was right. having to go out there and do that. And, and you're right. But I think you landed on the point I landed on, which was there's nothing... There's no reason that Gyro couldn't do <laughs> exactly. that as well. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason, and he adds he adds so yeah, much more. Exactly. So, but there you go. You know, we, you know, Roy's paid to make these choices, and and to me, it's it's a mystery every time. Just before we get on to uh, a quick ad for Pitch Sport, uh, I want to say that breaking news: Pierrick has gone on loan. 
over to Kilmarnock, um, who, as you said earlier, uh, in the Scottish Premiership, um, ninth at the moment. Uh, so five points above the relegation zone, four points above the playoff relegation zone. Uh, I think there'll be some good football for him. And um, some some even worse news than anything we're going to discuss today. Just reading that Screech from Saved by the Bell yeah, died today, sorry. age 44. Yeah, I, I saw that earlier. Dustin Diamond, eh? Rest uh, in peace, Dustin. Uh, only a, diagnosed with cancer three weeks wow. ago. Had a bit of a bit of a crazy life, uh, you know. Was he wasn't he in prison for gun something or the other at some he, point? But he, uh, he was in prison for something crazy. Didn't he? Hold hold something up or something. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, rest in peace. That's no age. Um, okay, so let's let's have a look at how pitch sport um, results came out this week. So apparently Palace fans gave uh, the team a whopping 8 out of 10 for the performance against Wolves. Um, Hambo, what did you give them and uh, what did you give the manager? <laughs> 6 out of 10 team, 5 out of 10 manager. <laughs> and that was me. Yeah. Sorry. So, uh, so, I'm, so I'm trying to drag the stats down as far as I can at the moment. So, um, But no, that, that's my honest opinion. I thought it was, it was, a, it was a decent Palace performance, but... It's, you know, the six out of ten reflect reflects the fact that Wolves were pretty poor, in all honesty. Um, and you know, and I can't, as I've talked about, I wanted to credit the manager, but there were several reasons I couldn't, and that's that's why he gets a five out of ten. There'd be some people listening that are really angry with me about that. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Well, I, I gave them a seven. Um, I I thought Wolves Wolves were poor, um, but I think probably their fans would come away feeling a little bit aggrieved that they didn't get a point. Um, mainly in part to our incredible Spanish goalkeeper. Uh, I thought defensively we were solid and they didn't create anywhere near enough, but um, I didn't think we created a, a great deal. So, yeah, and I, I gave the atmosphere a, uh, a 0.5. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're not involved with pitch sport yet, um, look up the pitch sport app. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good bit of fun. You can, you can get involved with... Uh, choosing what the team should be before the game um, and then some ratings afterwards, your player in the match, that kind of thing. Um, and it's uh, endorsed by Mark Bright. So what more can you say? Can I can I also no. add that they've, they've got a new system uh, on their match prediction system called 4Play. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working. I, I was yet. just, no, just no. about to ask you about that, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not related to, to Manscaped, as I mentioned before. Um but but it it's available on the uh, the app through Google the Google Play Store. Doesn't appear currently to be available via the iOS. We're looking into that at the moment. But um, I know producer Mikey, who hates all things Apple, is uh, is is done pretty well in his first attempt, I believe. So um, yeah, get involved in that. Check it out. It's one of the options on the side menu. Um, the yeah. number four and the word play. And Android owners, make sure that Mikey doesn't end up winning any leagues. Please. Really, please, producer Mikey should not be winning any leagues. So, yes, until it's on uh, until it's on iOS, I can't use it. Um, but anyone that's on Android, get involved. Um, if you want to add us on Pitchport once you've downloaded, Hambo's code is K U G K U T, and my code is E N E Y D K. 
back of the nest. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos. Choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And before we have a few words on the Newcastle game. Let's have a bit of listener feedback. I'm going to quickly read out some comments uh, to you, gentlemen. Um, I'll give you a comment each. Just uh, tell us your thoughts. The first one is from at Greg Eggs on Twitter. Why have we stopped playing on the break? We have the players to do it effectively and very nearly got a second goal from a breakaway attack. We did it frequently earlier in the season, but now hardly do it at all. Patrick? Um, I think part of it is the, the change in um, formation slash mindset. I know early in the season we were playing a 4-4-2, but having Wolf up top, he's not wide. I think it's harder to play on the break. He's not there. Um, secondly, I think Townsend has been in and out of the lineup, hasn't been as effective as he's been in the past. I think him not being in the lineup as much also negates us countering. So I think those are the main factors as far as not being a counter attack as well. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so at Jack Stat Stop JCCPF JCPFC anyway I can't read anymore. Um, so this is for you, Hambo. Does the result prove that we should not moan about lineups beforehand? But somebody Sfield three replied to him and said, uh, "I'm enjoying the win and positivity, but the goal was the difference. We didn't make enough chances given the possession, and Wolves could and should have converted at least one of their chances." We profited from their bad finishing, so the lineup is still questionable for me. For me myself, um, as in me, Mike, I, I wasn't that bothered by the uh, lineup personally, but other than Gyro, but that's something I've come to terms with, Hambo. Yeah, so 100% uh, honesty here. So the first thing is um, to say that I always put a caveat in my lineup reactions because of the nature of football, being that you can be surprised by a result anywhere. So and I did exactly the same. I genuinely read the lineup, and when I read it as a four-four-two, with Ayu starting right side as a starting left, and Wilfred Batshuayi up top with the centre midfield of of Riedervald and uh, sorry of Milivojevic and McCarthy, it, it just made me laugh my head off. And then seeing PVA back at left back, I just thought, what? I genuinely thought it was a come and sack me um, lineup from Roy. When I saw it was a four-two-three-one. It made a lot more sense. And obviously we've talked about the implications around that. But I, I always say the same thing, which is that my reaction is this. I look at that and I think, how ridiculous is that? Or I look at that and I think, how great is that? 
And I always say, if I'm wrong, I'll be happy if it works in Palace's favour. And it's exactly the same as this. So I would say to I would say to Jack that you sh- you shouldn't try and predict the future in in, in your your honest reactions. Your only, if your honest reaction is to look at a lineup and laugh and think we're going to lose the game, then say it and stand by it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. So what? We're allowed to be wrong, you know. We've been doing this over a decade, and I've been wrong a huge number of times. And it's just how it is. We we talk about opinions. So if your opinion is that the manager's being weird and picking strange lineups, that's your opinion. If your your opinion is the manager's doing a great job in trying circumstances, that's your opinion. Just just stand by your opinion. Personally, to to, to sum up the actual performance, I agree with 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 some of the comments in there that it wasn't great, and you could argue these results do paper over the cracks a little bit because they make you forget about the things that are bugging you and forget about the fact that, that our, our form has been poor for quite a long time. But if, if you're going to ask me if I'm upset that Palace win, I'm never upset that Palace win. I might joke that I am at some point, but I think we're all delighted when we when we expect the worst and we're, and we're surprised in a positive way. So we should take the crumbs of positivity where we can. I'd have definitely won a few quid if Wolves had beaten us, but I'm happy to not do that. I'm going to take the next one. Darren Broadfoot, still thinking it's papering over the cracks. The odd win just isn't good enough, really. There's major surgery needed to our squad. Is Roy really the man to take us forward? Um, I really don't think so. So my comment to that is we still, obviously, Guaita's extension um, got announced today. It's been there a while. And Klein, until the end of the season, I'd imagine probably a bit longer unless he wants to go somewhere else. Um, There's still a lot of players out of contract at the end of the season. And we also have a manager out of contract at the end of the season who has said on a couple of occasions that he's not either been asked about an extension or really thought about it, which is probably not true. Um, But there's going to be huge changes at Palace over the summer. So... I'm not sure about the major surgery thing. I really didn't think there was much point in getting too many new bodies in for January. Um, You know, we've got a squad where we've got two players, at least of fairly similar standard or arguably similar standard from Roy for the majority of places. So I'm not sure major surgery was the answer. Just wait and see what happens with the contracts expiring at the end of the season. We, We could lose a lot of players. Sorry, Mike, just to, just to point that, I don't necessarily think that, that Darren's talking about major surgery in this window. I think he's talking about exactly what you said come the end of the season. We've got we've got a whole host of things to deal with. And is it, I suppose the question is, is it worth chucking another year at Roy to help us do that? And, I, you know, I, know I, I would be traumatised if that was the case. I, I Yes, I mean, my personal opinion is that um, with a squad in transition, he is not a man for the job. Uh, transition is not his strong point. Uh, but I'm sure we'll discuss that later in the season. So, Patrick, the next one's for you from Simon Palmer at Palace. Sorry. How did you manage to get that out? Good. You must have. You must have started Twitter in about 2001. So good work. We have a manager who has 26 points from 21 games. He looks like keeping us up in the top flight for the fourth consecutive season unheard of for a Palace manager in all of history. So why do so many fans want to see him gone and someone totally unproven and risky put in his place? Um, Simon, Simon, a great question, and I'm glad you asked it because I get asked it a lot, uh, especially during the watch-alongs. The issue I see, this is the thing, I can't live in the past. I get that he's kept us up for four years and 
and I and I and I appreciate and I respect that. But I said it once, I'll say it, I'll say it again. We have the best squad we've ever had. We're in the best position we've ever been in as a Premier League side, and we're missing an opportunity to push on. Keeping us up to me is not a good enough remit. It's just not. I I because I'll say it again. We've had Pewter keep us up. Allardyce kept us up. And of course, so did my favorite, Alan Podge kept us up. And then Hodgson. So it's not like keeping us up, though it's a great accomplishment four years in a row, it's been done by other managers. So why can't he, as a manager, be more forward thinking and push us on? For example, we talk about play being out of contract. You know, if I was the player now, I wouldn't want to come to Palace. I wouldn't want to come to Palace because of the way that we play and what we're doing. All, we, all we're happy to do is, is to stay up. Secondly, we have an academy that we're working and putting a lot of money into where we don't produce enough players. We don't even give them a, an opportunity. People like Tyree Mitchell get an opportunity and then they don't. You know, it, it, it's just frustrating. So the, the keeping us up, it, okay, he's going to do that again. Great. But what else can he do? Can he get us to a cup final? Can he get us in the top 10? Keeping us up to me is just not enough. I understand that people, all the, a lot of people care about is the fact you care about, then that's fine. I'm past that. I'm way past that. I'm way too old for this. I've been a Palace fan since, since 1970. All right. I mean, I don't, I don't keeping us up, though that is a good thing. I know people see it. That's not good enough for me anymore. We have a good, we've got a player in Wilfred Zaha who's in his prime now and who will leave in the summer because of our lack of ambition. Why should he have to leave? When we could, when, and you look at the Premier League right now, teams like West Ham are doing well, Southampton are doing well. Why are they doing well and we're not? Is it because of the manager? Is it they're spending money? I mean, it's, it's ambition. It's ambition. We have no ambition. If ambition is to stay up, and I get that, but we should, we should be looking for more. And that's my, that's my point, is that we, just, we should be looking for more. Can I, can I add to that? Because Patrick obviously has stolen the, the question. Um, there's, there's not too much more I do want to add, but you know the, the, the problem is is that there's there's so much at play there, right? Because you can you can on one hand you can say that it, it's a little bit foolish to look at the team and, and blame the manager for everything, right? And at the same time, it you know it's it's also foolish to give the manager credit for things that, that you know that that aren't down to him as well. But you know, so for example, if if you're if your agenda is that you're a Roy Hodgson fan, you will see the good transfers as Roy transfers and the bad transfers as people he didn't want. That's an example of what I mean. We go back to our old friend confirmation bias. But the only thing you need to to think about in terms of why why are people why are so many people wanting to see him gone? Uh, I mean, first of all, the second part you've said, and someone totally unproven and risky put in his place. Nobody's suggesting put someone totally unproven and risky put in his place. I guess, you know, you might say someone like the current flavour of the month being Lampard might be that. But, you know, ultimately, that's that's not the point. The point is, you know, you're, you're inferring that Roy Hodgson is proven and not risky. And that's, again, and that's only true up until the point something goes wrong. And we're, we're getting closer and closer and closer to something quite dramatic going wrong. And that, that dramatic thing is losing our best players um, and, and basically dropping out of the league and completely losing momentum because all the passion's gone. That's that's you know that's what I have a problem with. Everything Patrick said is true, but I could stomach it all if, if, if we turned up each week and, and just, just gave it a proper go sometimes rather than listen to a manager who says, there's things that he said in the press recently, okay? He's, he's basically said, at Man City, well, we're, we're turning up to lose and we, just, we didn't want to lose. By, right. We don't want to lose by that many goals. All right, thanks, mate. 
no, you know, Liverpool a quality team. You know, it was you know we didn't expect them to score seven. Yeah, what, what was your thinking around that? And um, and he was talking today. He was talking. It was a. It wasn't. It's not today. It was before the um, before the win. And he was saying, oh, I don't know why. I don't know why people keep coming and asking me about our poor form. I'm, I'm Crystal Palace manager. I'm going to be talking about poor form a lot. And you're like, God, Jesus, that's what we sat pardon you for, wasn't it? Coming out and saying, well, I expect to go on 20 game runs without a win. <laughs> you know? And you just think that that's the mentality. He might be right, but as football fans, you know, we, we, we can't, we can't see that lack of ambition and that lack of, you know, that's what we live for, isn't it? Both of you on the call don't 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 you aren't you football fans because you dream because you want to see something better you want to see something different right? Well, I mean, I just yeah, I'll, I'll finish with a comment to to Simon there when he says so. Why do so many fans want to see him gone? Um, I I really think everyone has the right to have All an right. opinion on their manager. Um, so if you if you don't want him, um, there's a good reason for it, and there's plenty of people that think. I, I, I've got friends that are still pro Roy, and I am. Um, you know, when we've had a drink, we argue about it, but it's their prerogative to to have that opinion. Um, but I, I, I don't really think you can comment that somebody can't think that because there's there's plenty of good reasons for it. Um, we'll leave that there. We'll come to it again. Last question, uh, a quick sentence from both of you. Um, it's very pertinent, um, not just for Sam Woods, but for other players that are out on loan. Does Sam Woods need to go out on loan? Why don't we try out our youth apart from when we have an injury crisis? I mean, yes, he needs to go out on loan because he's not getting an opportunity. Should he get an opportunity? It's a hard one because... He has you know, had them. He has had them. He, he has had some to a point and he hasn't, and I don't honestly think he's ever let himself down either. Um, so, you know... We again, we will always think, and Patrick will have the last word on this. But we will always look at um, our academy, look at our young players coming through, and we want them to get opportunities. But we also have to accept that, that it's in our nature that we probably overrate our, our young players at times. I can't say whether or not Sam Woods is in that category because I, I think until you give him that proper opportunity, you don't know for sure. But it's clear that the management staff don't think that he is currently able to perform at Premier League level on a regular basis. So absolutely, he has to go out on loan. And yeah, so I agree he has players. to go out on loan. But again, I'll go back to the fact that I grew up uh, during the, probably the best academy our clubs ever produced with the Sansom of the world and Vince Alaris. And uh, that's why I, I always want him to get a chance. And I just think that I know we overrate them. I'm sure we do, but we don't give them a chance. I mean, this is going to sound really strange, but do you see how this kid that we had, the uh, 15 quadro bar has been linked with Manchester City? He ne- Right, exactly. He's we we never gave they him a chance. I'm not saying he would have produced, he would have um, developed as well as he has now, going to a lower league team, etc. In Rotherham, but but look, I mean, look at look at that. I mean, so my point is that the, I'm sure there are other kids in the academy given a chance, and the only t- chance to get to get a chance under this manager is when they get hurt, or sorry, when players are injured. So I just want players to to be given the chance, and even if it's like I said, even if it's a chance, you know, on on the bench, and then get on for five minutes at the end of the game, I think that's more valuable than having them play under twenty three matches. And so, yeah, Sam was needs to go out, but he also probably at some point needs to get a chance. If not, again, we have to move on and get other kids who who are in the academy that do are, are good to get a chance. But at some point, we got to use our academy better than we're using it now. 
And before we go, let's have a few words on the Newcastle game, bearing in mind that a fair few people that listen to this pod will have seen said game by the time they listen. So let's not spoil it by being out of date. Um, But just to say, Newcastle, incredibly in January, I I think their last result in December was a draw. Then they hadn't won. They'd lost every single game up until their last game against Everton. I think they played seven games, six straight defeats. Um, Bruce was holding his job on by a thread. And then Everton, who always seem to be that team to give another team a chance, a bit like Palace do, um, gave them a 2-0 win. So we may well have caught a Newcastle team on the way up. Um, No Macca and no Tompkins, probably. Um, Yeah, I wrote that. Sorry, because they they say they're monitoring Tompkins, but I I, I mean, I think someone said it was a fractured eye socket or something. So it depends, I guess. It is. It is indeed. Yeah, I mean, when they said that, I I can't imagine. Even even if it's minor, um, it's going to be a few weeks, isn't it? Um, Uh, One thing I will mention, because you you pointed out there, have we caught them on the way up? They did an interesting thing because we always talk about getting rid of the, the manager and, and all this kind of stuff. But they yep. brought in a, an extra yep. coach, didn't they? And Graham Jones, which is it's not it never it never really occurs to you do that. Get an, get another voice in, get another an experienced voice into the into the setup. And we you know it always feels like we might be might be a little light coaching. Well, it, they, it, they, it does when when our when our form dive bombed after Stephen Reid. Yeah, left uh, for personal reasons. So yeah, I mean, it can't be underestimated. If you're at work, um, your manager may be good, but sometimes it's the people around that manager um, that that make them good. So yeah, I mean, that's that's proper forward thinking. Let's let's not get into that right now. Um, so Newcastle at the time of writing, Amber said, "I expecting a busy day in the transfer window." Tell me about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'm just trying to trying to see if they've actually made any of the, the signings that they thought they were going to. I know they were after um, is it Callum Willock, I think. I mean, Callum Joel Willock is, from Arsenal. It's, it's Willock anyway from Arsenal. Yeah, Joel. Because there's a Callum at yeah. Fulham, isn't there? I get so confused with the Willocks, but there you go, Joe Willock, who's a who's a you know he's a he's a decent player. And can you think maybe someone that you know maybe maybe we could have had a look. Well, but, no, um, no one that gets signed is going to be in in playing in the game, are they? Um, I, I would say that. To me, they have a stronger side than um, the, their position in the league. I, I think they signed really well. Um, I think I, I think we were absolutely abysmal at, against them earlier in the season, um, but they are a side capable of beating anyone on their days. So, um, yeah, I mean, the comments here, last time we were absolutely dog shit. Yes, we were. Um, but, um, you know... <laughs> Sorry about yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, on their day... You know, they, they signed Jamal Lewis when we were after him. Um, Ryan Fraser as well. I mean, obviously not particularly been in their setup, but they're, they're a decent side and they can cause upsets. And I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit worried personally. So um, a, a quick prediction well, from they, both um, of you. They did let DeAndre Yedlin left, went to Turkey today. So he's he won't be playing tomorrow, obviously. But um, the player I would have gotten from there would have been Callum Wilson. <laughs> he, he's going to be a problem tomorrow uh, when we play them. He scored against us last match, and uh, I'm worried. I'm going to predict um, 2 0, like the first game to Newcastle. Yeah, I put Cambridge in my team. So, <laughs> but, but you know what? You know what? I'm in, I'm in that place where I, I've, I've had, had enough completely of Roy again. We've got to win. I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go positive. I think we're going to win 1 0. Okay, well, um, 
I, I went for a one nil defeat on the pitch sport app. Um, I'd I'd love to see more. I I I just love to see some forward thinking and something that's out of the box and surprises us in the way that um the the team did at the start against Wolves. But let's leave it there. Um, the the preview team will doubtless be um going over the game before the next game, which is Hambo. In the future. In the future, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everyone who got in touch with the show today. Whether we used your, whether we used your uh, your message or not, I mean, everything we read it helps us make the show documents. So, thank you. Keep them coming in every time we ask for them. Please engage with our sponsors, Pitch Sport and Manscaped. Remember um, that you can get a twenty percent discount by going to manscaped.com and using. BOTN as your code at checkout and you get free shipping as well. They support us. Keep it free. All that kind of stuff. Um, like, follow, subscribe us on all our social accounts. Um, and then DR's still doing incredible stuff um, on the back of the next YouTube, including a watch along against Newcastle and all games. Who's going to be on the watch along? Oh, I think all of us. All of us. <laughs> when it's straight up, so I might, might, I might have a day off. You never know. But... Um... But yeah, I think we're uh, we're all on the watch along for for tomorrow, depending on when you hear this. It's Leeds, by the way. Leeds on Monday, the eighth of Feb, after Newcastle. So the preview team will be back to to preview Leeds. Then um, let's not talk about them. They annoyed me immensely <laughs> uh, with their goal scorer. So, yeah, cheers, gentlemen. Thank you, Sam, for producing. Thank you very much. Uh, and until next time, come on, you Palace. Back of the Nest Review Show, sponsored by PitchDMM.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.